You're listening to special programming sponsored by the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Giving podcast. My name is Guy Dawson, and I am the executive director of the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. And we are an organization that brings businesses and nonprofit organizations together to create synergistic relationships that benefit the community. And we started this radio show as a vehicle to share the merits of cause marketing and to really show people the value uh, that nonprofit organizations and for-profit businesses bring to one another. And that's really the essence of what uh, the cause marketing chamber is all about. We see both entities as pillars of the community that can leverage uh, relationships amongst one another to create uh, just wonderful opportunities. And we, again, we really appreciate the opportunity to uh, be working with 91.5 FM uh, over here at UNLV to uh, to share the merits of the things that we're doing in the nonprofit and for-profit worlds. I have a co-host with me today, and his name is Davin Sundvik. He owns a real estate company, and he's a, a participant in a lot of the things that we do with the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the show, Davin. Yeah, thank you, Guy. Thank you for having me on. And tell us about the profession that you're in. Yeah, so I am in the real estate industry. So um, not only on the residential side, but we also do the commercial side and even some investment consulting as well. So that is uh, our industry as as what we uh, participate in there. Yeah. And you are a young entrepreneur. How old are you? <laughs> 25 years old, turned 26 in a couple months though. Almost so. 26 years yeah. old. And how long have you been in business? Been in business as a as my current position as a broker for two, almost three years now. Um, but we're going to be going on to the, uh, I think, seventh year in the real estate industry as a as a whole, though, as far as the uh, the investments go. Yeah. So you've been in real. You're 25 years old, and you've already been in the industry for seven years. Seven years, yeah, pretty much since I was 18, and then. Um, outside of that, I've been an entrepreneur for another two years on top of that since, since I was 16. Yeah. What got you into entrepreneurship and real estate? Yeah. So I've always, I don't know, I think I've always had an affinity for sales in general. Like I've always loved helping people and kind of connecting like a product to a solution has always been something that I've really enjoyed. Not like the pushing the product type of sales, you know, uh, but the, uh, definitely the connecting side of things. Um, so I've always liked filling in gaps where I've seen, you know, seen fit. Uh, and then I got into real estate, uh, cause my parents are investors. And so I think that's like how most young people get into real estate is like their parents have experience in it. Um, but yeah, I had an opportunity to go up to UNR and they were like, Hey, can you manage a property for us up there? And then after I started managing that property for them, got into Airbnb, got into teaching other people how to, uh, be landlords and be Airbnb hosts. And then it just kind of went from there. Yeah. And most people, they're in their early 20s like you are, and they're just kind of finding their way, really figuring out what they want to do with their lives. And you seem to really kind of know where you want to go. Uh, obviously, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're really focused. Have, was this something that just clicked for you? You knew you were in the right industry right off the bat. 
man, I I knew I wanted to be a real estate investor. And I was like, all right, what are a couple of ways to do that? I was like, I can work at a job that I don't like and then go use that money to go invest in real estate. I was like, or there's maybe a better way to do it. I actually enjoy teaching people how to invest in real estate. So what if I aligned my job with where I wanted to put my money anyway? So I think I think that's where I first got started into real estate and then opportunities came along the way and I said, "You know what? There's there's more to this industry than than just me teaching people about real estate investing. There's luxury home buying, right? There's commercial real estate. There's there's leases for businesses. There's the coaching other realtors, not just coaching your clients on how to successfully uh, make money in the real estate industry, but actually teach other real estate professionals how to, um, you know, lead their clients. So I got into that side of things as well um, later on in the business. But yeah, as that opportunity came, I jumped on it. Yeah. How did you learn enough to teach? Was it just being around this with your parents being investors? And uh, how did you get sharp enough to where you could actually teach people about these things? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could say, uh, that I had like some amazing resource, but I made the mistakes firsthand, which is definitely the least efficient way to do it. Um, but I did it fast. Uh, I made the mistakes. I overcame them. And then I said, you know what? Other people are probably going to appreciate the time savings of not making the mistakes I did. So yeah, it first started out from stubbornness, uh, doing it my way. And then later on, it came into, okay, how about I associate with people who are more experienced than with, with me and we do it together. So, so you had people that mentored you and are probably still mentoring yeah, you as a, yeah. as a real estate person. Oh, absolutely. What's, what's funny is as the broker owner, even though I'm in charge of the leadership for the entire company, um, the first two agents that I hired on had more experience than I did. Um, and so what's funny is the people that work for me are actually part of my mentorship as well. So, yeah. And so you went to college and I know when we were off air, we, you know, this, again, this show is all about the, the business of giving and um, with the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce, our focus is supporting the success of, of businesses and nonprofit organizations. But before we were on air, you were talking about some of the nonprofit oriented things you did before you even really were in business while you were mm-hmm. in college, you want to talk about your, I guess a lot of people don't look at the political experience as a nonprofit or cause oriented experience, but it is. Oh, um, tell us about your background in political campaigns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I got in, involved in politics on the university level. And so uh, when you're a political club on campus, you, you're involved with things that affect college students, but you're also you also do things with college students that affect actual election campaigns as well. So while you can't um, you can't officially say like you're supporting a certain political candidate, you can use them as recruitment opportunities. Um, so people got jobs from like becoming a part of YAL is who I was involved with at the time. Um, so yeah, so there are certain things like that that you could be involved with. Uh, but yeah, you don't make any money doing it. So like you're out there because you want to be there. Um, we used to host a lot of debates. So our main focus was like, how do we spread diversity of thought of political ideas across the student campus, um, both on the conservative side and the liberal side? Um, and so we had to really team up not only with people that were aligned with us, but we had to team up with people who thought we were the enemy. Like, oh, your, politi- your politics are like what's killing this country or whatever, right? On either side, either side, left or right, uh, because we were uh, technically a centrist organization. Um, so, yeah, we brought on everyone from the Republicans to the uh, young Democrats. 
Um, there's the uh, the Young Socialists Club. We even had the Marxist Club uh, at one of our uh, debates as well. So yeah, we used to do it all. And I would imagine that's where the learning takes place because you may be politically diametrically opposed to mm-hmm. someone. I mean, at the whole other end of the spectrum with them, but for the good of the whole, which is what, by the way, the political system ought to, the way it ought to work <laughs> yeah. in this country, even though it doesn't sometimes work that way. Yeah. But for the good of the whole, being able to put on the debater to to be able to have healthy discussions about things, you have to put your, your preferences and your ideology aside to make it happen. Oh, yeah. You got to, and it, what's great is it's, it's great for the debaters because you you learn extra perspective, right? And when you're on stage, obviously you're you got a certain goal. But then when you're off stage, it really does force you to find common ground with people that you don't want to find common ground with. And that that exercise, um, I feel like is it's healthy for people. So it was it was definitely a great experience, but it was also great to to be able to help people and watch people go through that. Um, so yeah, you get to really learn how to align yourself with people you didn't think that you could find agreement with. I would imagine you learned a lot too, Davin, about leadership and organization, um, being involved in something like that, mm-hmm. pulling people together, team building. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was the first time I really kind of found out what I was good at doing in life, uh, was through, uh, through volunteering. And so I found out that I love bringing people together and hosting a great event. Like that's really what I love doing. I don't like doing the the knocking and the inviting and all that kind of stuff. Once people are together, I like getting people all together and saying, "Hey, look, we can all have a fun time even if we disagree." So, uh, <laughs> wow. You know, and so, yeah, we need to send you to Washington D.C. right away. Man, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm only 25. You know, so what I can think, I think I can can't even state, run for president no, for the 10 more years. No, I can be a state senator. I think. No, no, no House. House of the Republic. I think you yeah. could be in the House, the House of Representatives. Yeah, House yeah. of Representatives I could be in. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. I, I haven't uh, thought about running in politics yet, but uh, I have been involved in like political campaigns. And so you get to meet politicians along the way, which is definitely cool when you're doing that. Um, What'd you learn the most through that experience? I, I, would, I would definitely say the, the leadership skills. Yeah. Um, when you are able to not only align somebody with yourself with with a with something that's common you know you don't have to get somebody on your same page all the time you just have to find something that you can find in common with and then you you build from that one thing so i think that's helped me so much in leadership cuz i look at my team now as a broker owner and my team's all different we all have different backgrounds we all have like different people that relate to us but yet synergistically it works so much better than doing it just the way that I would do it. Um, so to, to see my team do something different than I would, even though it works, you know, like you have to find the common ground that creates the effective solution, not just like what you would do. Mm-hmm. Tap into the talent of mm-hmm. people who are around you because the people who are a part of your team yeah. uh, have a lot of untapped talents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, for example, like if, if, if someone speaks Spanish, like I'm not going to micromanage them and like teach them how to how to sell real estate to someone who only speaks Spanish. Like that's something that, you know, you take the ball on that. You run with it. Like if I got my own way of doing it and your way's better, like do the better way, you know? So I think um, I think my experience... Mm-hmm involved uh in like politics or like volunteering taught me how to just let people do it their way at an early age which i think a lot of people don't learn and usually until a little bit later so 
And you building your business, let's go to that, yeah. back to that piece. Mm-hmm. How did you build it? Yeah, absolutely. I built, I built, I think probably 90% of my business just through networking, just through talking to people. Um, and, uh, and honestly just taking people out for coffee. That was, that was the most of my marketing and, uh, most of my coaching that I got and all that kind of stuff was just going out to coffee with people, bouncing ideas off things, and then just following through, following through with whatever that meeting was, whatever you accomplished in that meeting, you don't let it go to waste. You actually say, Hey, you know, we have a follow-up meeting or we have a follow-up email. We, we do something next that actually makes it happen. So. Yes, taking action yeah, is isn't that action. so critical in actually making things happen? And it's the only thing you can control. You, like you can control the actions that you take, um, but you can't control like like when you go out to coffee with someone, you can't control the conversation, you can't control the direction or the agreements or or whatever that person wants. Like if if they want something at the end of the day, and you're just not aligned, you can't control that lack of alignment. But what you can control is when you do find alignment and you do find something that works, you can control whether or not you follow through on it or not. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Action, especially in this, um, you know, we're talking a lot on this show about starting a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. or starting a business. And I mean, the, uh, I mean, when all else fails, take some type of action, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think is such a, a critical point. Not to say that you shouldn't plan and organize. Of oh, course, you know, yeah. you have a strategic approach to doing things, but don't get so caught up in the preparation that you don't actually just pick up the phone and make the phone call, yeah. set the appointment. Mm-hmm. Has that been something that's helped you to be more successful? Oh, absolutely. You got to you gotta pick up the phone, especially in the real estate industry. Everybody knows a realtor, right? So why are they going to, why are they going to call you? So if you make, if you make the effort, right, suddenly you've stood out because nine out of 10 realtors aren't calling people back, right? Nine out of 10 realtors are handing the business card over and, you know, they're not doing any kind of follow whatsoever. So you can already put yourself in the top 10%, right? Then you can get to the top 5% through experience, through other value adds that you do. But following up is, is, is you know, half of it. Yeah. Yes, follow up is uh, <laughs> boy. That's a real habit to be developed, isn't it? Mm-hmm, Just- absolutely, and it can it can even get overwhelming. And so I would I would even say my follow up has has changed um, throughout time when I've when I've been more busy or less busy. Um, but it's been strategic. You make you make a, a strategy for how you're going to follow up, and then you execute it. You know. Yes. And so for you, seven years you've been in the industry, two almost three of which we've been in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So what's that been like? For you? <laughs> uh, at at first, the uh, I think the first six months of the pandemic was an absolute panic, not for just me, probably for everybody. Um, but I think it was the best time to start a business because it brought the competition down. Like, and then at the end of the day, like you know, I hope I hope no ill will on anybody, especially my competitors. But if everybody's going through a hard time, it doesn't make me unique. And so, so now I'm on the same level as everybody else. If everybody's at zero and you're competing, you know, you're all, you're all going to run the same race, right? Versus you start a business and everybody else is already 10 steps ahead of you. Um, you got to catch up. So I didn't have to do any catch up because everybody was at zero because nobody knew how to operate in the virtual world, you know, in real estate. Um, so I got, to, I got to actually get ahead uh, because because of it, but yeah, the first six months were were brutal, and then after that, it picked up, and um, and I'd say yeah, my my ability to adapt was the uh, the probably the key contributor. So, so outside of the follow up, the adaptability was uh, 
was probably the the second biggest factor. What did you do to adapt? Yeah, so um, I went to virtual networking groups um, because that's the only thing that that was allowed. Um, I'd already been working on uh, these like these three sixty listings and these these virtual tours before the pandemic even happened. And so I was able to advertise them and do these 360 open houses. So these virtual open houses where people could actually look around the entire room. They could they could plug directly into my 360 camera and I could walk them through the entire property. So um, a couple of those things helped me kind of stand out um, and get some attention. And then once you have the attention and you're already a professional person, then the rest of it's easy. So, um, yeah. So you developed new skill sets. Mm-hmm. You had some basic technological advantages probably because you're a you're a Gen Z, right? You're a sort of a millennial Gen Z yeah. maybe on the border of that. Yeah. So some people think nineteen ninety five and earlier is millennial and some people are like, no, nineteen ninety seven and earlier is millennial. I'm nineteen ninety six. So I'm like right right in that middle. So high technology yeah. uh, capabilities usually. My son's twenty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can do anything. So that that's that's obviously an advantage though, just being raised with the technology. Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, so I was already used to the technology and then and then bringing awareness to it. And once people knew that I had the awareness, um, then that was good too. And then I started, um, honestly, at, at some of these networking events, I started doing these like real estate um, coachings and teachings and things like that. And I'd, you know, everybody had a chance to be a speaker at some point in time in the quarter. And people were able to see like, okay, this isn't just somebody who who sells real estate. Like this is somebody who has actual strategic knowledge of the industry and the experience in it. Um, and that kind of separated me as well. And so, um, between the technology side and then also on the education side, um, that's how I was able to, to stand out. Yeah. And I think the first time I met you was at a give back event that we had that was mm-hmm. at, uh, the East side cannery back in, yeah. I guess that would have been 2021. It was like January of 2021. We, we did a give back event with three square, Yeah, uh, really yeah. tough time in the city for a lot of people. And, uh, we gave a lot of basic foods oh, uh, yeah. out to people uh, that day. How'd you, well, I know you're very good friends with, <laughs> with Carl, who's the, the chairman of the board uh, of the chamber and, uh, and my co-host of the show, he's having, he's a little yeah. under the weather today and his voice isn't as strong. Yeah, no, I met Carl through a, a, a team networking event. So, um, so we hosted that and then he invited me out and I like, I like doing hands-on things with volunteering. And in case you're listening to the show and you're, you're trying to start a business, people that actually show up to the hands-on events stand out. Like when you, you, when you show up at the event organizers, you know, uh, and this is what I found even in like, um, like wildlife conservation as well. You might get 40 people that show up to the meeting that plans the event. Sometimes you'll only get 10 people that show up to the actual organizer events that like 80, 20 principle. Right. And so when you actually show up hands on, that's the highest value of your time. Cause you're meeting the 20% of people who are willing to get their hands dirty, right. Willing to help out people. And those are the top producers in the community. Um, so I would say like, if you want to meet some of those top producing people that are out there and and want to support and help other businesses that are doing the same, like get your hands dirty with something. Like, even if it's not exactly what I'm talking about here with three squared, uh, or with the cause marketing or with wildlife conservation, like, like do something, you know? I agree with you, uh, Davin, that volunteering, being in a volunteering situation is an excellent networking opportunity that's Mm -hmm. productive. Like you said, you get a good, a good 
type of person that wants to put their hands on something, that they're high-quality people generally. Yeah, and it's it's a good return on your time because I, I mentioned networking and, like, follow-up as, as one of those key factors that help me in success. Um, but some of it is is where you network as well. And so causes or nonprofits, charities – or just, just things that you're passionate about that people are going to show up and do anyway, they're not showing up there to be involved in your business. But if everybody's there and accomplishes the goal, why wouldn't they then be curious about your business once, once they get there? Um, and so it's definitely a high return on investment for your time. Yes, absolutely. Anytime. And there's so many opportunities to be a, a volunteer at a cause-oriented event, maybe a golf tournament, maybe some of these give-back events like we do at the Cause Chamber where we do community-oriented events with, uh, we've done so many things, suicide watches and things with Three Square. And uh, But absolutely, you're going to meet great people in those environments. And like you mentioned, you may not do business. You're not really going there specifically to do business. No. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, as you had mentioned before, you're rubbing elbows with high-quality people. And who doesn't want to make great connections with high-quality people? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think if if you're showing up to like a volunteering event or or any type of a give back with like, okay, like how do I make money today? You're you're not going to do anything. Like if you, if you show up with like, who can I meet that's immediately going to buy a product today? Like that's not, that's not going to be successful. But if you go with the goal of, okay, how many people can I get in my circle that are probably the top producers in other product categories and eventually going to need my services, not this year, but next year and five years down the road and 10 years down the road. You have that long-term play with it. That's how you make plenty of money when you're not even focused on, you know, on how you're going to make money today. If you're just focused on building the relationship first, um, yeah, that's where it happens. And you've attended quite a few of our events with the chamber. Mm-hmm. What, what makes you keep coming back? What draws you to uh, the, the things that we do? Yeah, um, I would say that uh, I'm one of those people. I don't I don't take a cause and, and and stay with it for like a super long period of time. And when I say super long, I mean like you know I haven't been a part of a cause for like ten years plus. You know, um, I found that in college I had kind of like a run of of what was successful for me and and, w- and what I was really passionate about. And then like my political passion kind of died when I when I started into real estate. Um, I really found entrepreneurship and just other things more important. And it's, it's not that I wouldn't do a networking event, you know, politically speaking, right. Or, or wouldn't support it. Um, you know, I still have the same political beliefs, but at the end of the day, it's just not, it wasn't fruitful for me. Right. And so I always like to think of like, what's next, right. Even, even whatever I'm doing now, whatever causes I support now, they might not be things that are going to just light me on fire in, in five, 10, 20 years. And so I like going to the cause marketing events cause I get so much exposure to, to other charities and some charities, you know, I get introduced to, and I'm like, you know what? I at least know where to send somebody if somebody else is going to get fired up about that cause. But I know that for me, I'm like, man, like it's just, it's not something I have the time for, or it's just not something that I'm going to get fired up about, you know? Um, so I think that's the value that that cause marketing brings to me and in, in, in going in, in continuing to go. Um, but yeah, I, I've I found recently a couple of things that I'm involved with that I actually really enjoy being a part of. And I like um, I like having a resource to be able to send people to um, if, if they're not as passionate about what I'm passionate about. At least I can help them find something that they are, you know. 
Speaking of nonprofits, we're both a part of a networking group called yeah, Spark, yeah. which is also a nonprofit mm-hmm. organization. Will yeah. you share about the development of this great oh. Uh, organization? Oh, man. So um, I'd love to. Yeah. So so what Spark is is all about is, is bringing people together and providing the maximum value in a network. We're all about coaching people to kind of take that next step and go to that next level. So we were a part of this organization called Team Referral Network, right? And so we, we looked at what they were offering and, and not, not to bash another organization in any other way. We actually interact with plenty of other networking organizations. Um, but we thought to ourselves, you know what, we can, we can really take what we have in our network and, and we can make some tweaks and changes and we think we could just add some extra value. And so we left Team. We started our own networking group. Um, called Spark, and our our goal was that you have an entire team of leaders that can pretty much take you from like you've never networked a day in your life, and you don't you just started a business, you don't even know what networking is. You can meet a variety of professionals that you're going to need to talk to anyway in order to get started, and then by the end of it, you could actually pretty much start teaching people how to be a net- better networker because um, nobody gets more annoyed about networking than networkers. Uh, with other networkers because, you know, you go to, to a networking event and sometimes people have the same dry comment. Like, you know, they introduce themselves and then they immediately ask, so what do you do? And really what they're asking, guy, I think you know, is what can you do for me? <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's what they're it's asking. It's not the giving, the giving uh, g- uh, giver's gain mentality no, so often no. in the networking world. Right. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Am I, am I guilty of it too? Yeah. There's times where, you know, you're at a networking event and everybody's asking that question and you're just like, you know what? Like I, I didn't come up with anything creative today. Like we're all guilty. Like we're not, <laughs> I'm not coming from this place of perfection. Absolutely. <laughs> However, um, there are there are opportunities to um, to be more creative, and we try to teach people how to do that. Um, and also, we try to get variety, but also teach people that you can cooperate with your competition as well. So, yeah, that's what we're about. Um, they've asked me to be the founding president of it. Um, so I currently lead our, our morning meetings at, at 8.15 in the morning um, at the WeWork. So um, if any business owners are out there interested in checking out, definitely check out our Facebook. And uh, we're, we're a very warm and welcoming crowd. Yeah, it's an outstanding organization. The Cause Marketing Chamber is a member of it, as well as uh, my company, Classic Communications. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I built my whole business, Davin, through networking. I know that it works, but it's about the kind of crowd that you pull together uh, that makes the networking experience fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. Financially yeah. and otherwise. And I just, I love the job you're doing as a leader of this group. And uh, it's, it's just a strong, strong network. I've been in many, many, many groups. So I, I know a good group when I see it. Thank you, Guy. Like I said, my, something I found out that I, I really enjoy doing is just bringing people together. And so, um, so yeah, to, to be given that position, because it, it really was, it was given, right? It was, it's a gift. It, it's nothing that like I earned or I like, got voted in on, right? It was, it was it, we created it from scratch and people were like, hey, let's give you this opportunity to, to pull it together. And so um, I really like hosting and uh, being able to kind of, um, to bring people into something, you know, and, and create that energy. So it's been fun. Yeah. How could the listeners get in contact with you? Because you've really shared a lot of great knowledge about real mm-hmm. estate. Uh, and I think that uh, you would definitely be someone that could represent a person well, who, who wanted to get into investing or buy their first home or whatever it is that they're looking for. Yeah. Or even on the agent side. So if you want to start a career as well, um, you can give me a call. Uh, I answer my phone uh, at 702-518-1606. 
six. But if you're more comfortable on social media, just look up Davin Sundvik on Facebook. Um, you can also find my website, davinsundvik.com. So I'm a pretty accessible person. Yes, and we've got events that are coming up for the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. The Cause and Business Education Series Workshop is on Tuesday, uh, September the 20th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. The featured speaker, that's an online event. You go to causemarketingchamber.com and you can get all the information uh, about this event. Our featured speaker will be Allison Jones with Polston Tax, and she's going to show about tax strategies for businesses as well as nonprofit organizations. This is Carl DeMilek's base. He is the uh, presenter for that event. Great information. Go to our website, causemarketingchamber.com for more info. And we also have our uh, monthly mixer event, which is going to be on the 27th of September, and it is going to be at Big B's Barbecue. And we have uh, a featured nonprofit organization, Rec. It's a veterans organization. I always screw up the name, but please go to the website to check out what it is because I don't want to screw up the name. (laughs) Rec Therapy Barbecue. There we go. We got a young guy with a great memory. Yeah, and actually Mark is a wonderful, wonderful person that helps a, a lot of veterans. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that's from 6 to 8 on the 27th. Uh, And for more things that we're doing as a Chamber of Commerce, we always encourage you visit our website, uh, causemarketingchamber.org. We've got a lot of, or causemarketingchamber.org or causemarketingchamber.com. We've got a lot of things that we're developing, events that are coming up. And uh, again, we appreciate the opportunity to share the wares of the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, also on Twitter. And uh, we're developing a YouTube channel where we're going to be having lots of these podcasts of different people in the nonprofit and for-profit world that we interview. So you take care of yourselves out there. Continue to do good, give back to your community, and do great business. See you soon. 